welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. to another episode of the Making Laps Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my brother, Jesse Gleason. Oh my God, what the hell game show is it? American Gladiators. Oh yeah! That was a long time ago. I can't even remember. <laughs> that was the best game show ever. That really was. I've No other game show in the world I've ever wanted to be on was that one. Because I wanted to shoot the big foam bazookas and get tennis balls whizzed past my face and wear only a pair of goggles. That would have been awesome. Yes, Meg, you can interrupt. Yes, no, you can interrupt okay. our recording. Uh, yeah. um, is Roger's cup in here? No. Negative. That's a negative. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Okay. Anyway, our producer interruption notwithstanding. <laughs> I got happy, uh, happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there, by the way. Yeah, happy Father's Day, you fatherless bastards. Anyway, like so us. we're sitting here. It's a Monday night, and we didn't expect to see a cup race on Monday night, but here we are, and we're watching the last 10 laps of the Talladega race on Good. TV in the studio. And football. So, hey, you know, I'd rather see racing right now, especially Talladega, but a um, whole lot of whole lot of stuff coming out of Talladega. Oh, man. Uh, well, what we're watching right now is eight to go, and it's a giant shit show. It's about, I, it's about to happen. I haven't, I've been actually you know, working for a living, and I can watch at work because my slave driver doesn't let us watch TV at work. But Well, I mean, I don't get to watch TV at work either, but I don't work Monday. So, so has, <laughs> has the hashtag trademark uh, copyright the big one happened yet? No. We've had a couple single car incidents, but nothing okay. huge. Okay, so uh, they're working their way towards the hashtag ampersand equal sign exclamation point. Big one. Big one. Okay. I think they're working their way towards it. But, uh, again, before the race began, I think it was a, a really awful thunderstorm uh, yesterday, which canceled the race before it even started. But, obviously, that wasn't the biggest news to come out of this race. The biggest news is that it's the first race back from... And there's Phil interrupting. Thank you, Phil. Who's going to run out of fuel and wreck the field? Um, pick a random number out of a hat. Yeah, because I, I guess they're on fuel. Probably mileage. Jimmy Johnson because he's running near the front. And uh, well, T- uh, who well, knows? Top ten. Who and, knows? You know, he's actually still running during the end of a, a super speedway race. So, which is out of character guess. for Jimmy Johnson. That's but, my guess. Oh, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. hasn't crashed anybody yet either. Not so yet. he's got to be itching, itching to go. He's got to be jonesing like a crackhead. Wreck somebody is and wreck somebody. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yesterday before the race, he, like really started. I think when everybody was gridded up, somebody rented a plane and uh, flew the big Confederate flag banner behind it, and it had the words "Defund NASCAR" behind it, which doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Cause... Don't really get that one, but okay. Um, uh, yeah. That's just the wording of it. The wording of it was kind of weird. I don't know. I don't get that one. But um, so, yeah, I think the guy who claimed credit for it was part of an organization. I think they're called the Sons of Confederate Veterans or something like that. And I don't I don't really know. They must be old if they're the Sons of Confederate Veterans. Yeah, they got to be 100-something years that's old. That's old. Well, that's the name of the group, I guess. But I don't know what their deal is. Uh, whatever. Is it supposed to be a take on the Sons of Liberty or something from the Revolutionary I think they've been Award or something? It might have been, but I think they've been around a while, obviously. Uh, But I guess they rented a plane and pushed the banner out and and had, you know, and had it fly over the track after the Confederate flag was banned at NASCAR events. And it's like, okay, um, they wasted that money because the race never ran and there was no fans there. So what point was that? And they never got TV coverage either. So no one cared. Yeah, you couldn't see it. It probably ran above the clouds, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's. That was a waste of money. Yeah, that um, was a waste of money, time. No one saw it. No one gave a shit. So yeah, social media saw it and they kind of laughed. So I mean, whatever, you know, you do what you want to do. You're free to fly it whenever you want. It's just that NASCAR doesn't want it. That's all. But after that, um, I guess 
that night when they got the cars back in the garage, apparently, this is the story that was told to us by uh, multiple uh, sources close to NASCAR and even NASCAR themselves. They said... Who's going to uh, be running out of fuel? I'm sorry. Nobody's out of fuel. Okay. Um, they said that a quote-unquote noose was found in the Bubble Wallace garage. Oh, Jesus. There it goes. Oh, that's nope. the hashtag big one. No, nope, never mind. No, it's just Jimmy Johnson keeping Harvick. the streak alive. Yeah. What happened there, Harbrick? Hey, Phil saw it. Yeah. Okay, whose fault was that? I guarantee everybody pits now because they're all short on field with three to go. But anyway, um, yeah. back to the topic at hand. We might as well touch on it because there's a caution. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, we're going to run through this thing? or Yeah, we're going to go through it real quick. Yeah. Um, again, okay. NASCAR, uh, uh, it wasn't Bubble Wallace because the drivers aren't allowed near the the garage apparently none of the drivers are they just go from their motor coach or car straight down pit road with their helmet bag and they get in a car because of social distancing yeah it's the covid rules and everything about that thing that's the nascar's procedure it's been that way since they came back so there it wasn't bubba wallace then in your face (laughs) well in that aspect he didn't see it right he didn't see it and, and he wasn't it was a crew member from the 43 team who saw it they reported to a nascar official who reported it up the chain, who got, you know, higher-ups in NASCAR, and I guess they got uh, police involved, and then they eventually got the FBI involved, and they're trying to figure out who did it, and it's just caused another social media circus. Yep, great job, idiot. Uh, But anyway... I don't know what to think. I mean, it's... I mean, I know what to think. If it's, you know, genuine and valid, I know what to think. But, like, otherwise... It's it's I mean we could play amateur detective if you want. I could I could definitely do that because everybody's playing I have amateur questions. detective the whole I, time. I definitely have questions. The uh, Harvard kind of poked it in there where it kind of wasn't supposed to. Yes, yeah, Stenhouse. He Stenhouse them. Stenhouse was too inside. What was he going to do? He's yeah. going to He could lift and take or another hit, lap <laughs> or hit him square. Um but you know you were talking about amateur detective. Ricky Stenhouse will get ripped for that. That's not Harvard. Harvick's an angel. But anyway, um, amateur detective, which is what everybody has a natural, you know, uh, thing to do. And like I said, I have, I have genuine, genuine, genuine questions. Um, I think they're valid, one, honestly. Number one, who did it? That's that's obviously number one. Question. Yeah, that's that's why the FBI is getting involved for a possible hate crime ties and all this other stuff. So I guess they're investigating. So yeah, right. that's obvious. They want to find out what that is because this is like almost too perfect in Alabama with all this controversy going on in the country and, and, and NASCAR, ha- it, it, the timing couldn't be more perfect for it to be bad for everybody to be bad. Yeah. But also you can take it to the flip side of that and say, well, we are in Alabama and a guy with ties to a Confederate organization who NASCAR won't allow to sponsor cars at their races, even in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Right. Um, flew, flew the Confederate flag over the track, and there's a lot of deep, deep Southern, you know, I'll say it, racism still alive down there. There is. There is. I mean, there is. There's not a lot anymore, but there still is. There's plenty. Yeah, they could be anywhere. So who knows? You know. But anyway, number one. Who did it? And number two, okay, so we have a lot of COVID nineteen restrictions going on in place. So who is allowed in the pit air into the garage area? Who has access? Because it's always been a little tight on security, but now it's even tighter with who's coming in and who's coming out. Who has these? So from what I can tell, the only people Research. allowed in the garage area would be NASCAR officials. Okay. Um, upper NASCAR personnel. Okay. Uh the teams, but not the drivers. So crew members. Crew members. Yep. And track staff. How about love, uh, loved ones? No. No sponsors? No. Uh, media? Uh, no. I don't believe any of them are allowed in the garage. How about, um, you, so you said track workers, though? Yeah. I believe track personnel is allowed around the area. Like, like they, I think the tracks hire their own security personnel. And uh, what about uh, janitorial staff? Day- I daily believe, events. I believe that's part of track staff. Like you know, they do have to have bathrooms. So this is true. 
Okay. Again, so. I don't know. This is all amateur detective stuff, and the the only people who really could have an answer are law enforcement. And is it is it videotaped twenty four seven? Is there a tape? Should uh, there be on closed circuit television? They say that there's cameras, but to be honest, they're not telling how many, and they're not saying if they have it on tape. Obviously, this is if you have if you have any like amateur idea of law enforcement, they're not going to give anything away because they don't want people to know where they're located. They don't want to know what they have. They're, they really they, cases. they cold they hold their cards really close to their chest when they're investigating stuff. You can't. They yeah, never they give depending. anything away until the very end. Yeah. This is yeah yeah. So that being said, do most of the time I. I so it seems like for now we it, the high probability is that it would be somebody from the inside of like NASCAR top officials and crew members because that's the majority of where the people are is within the NASCAR organization. Okay, I understand that because and then it would be uh, lower to the other to the other people that are not in the organization because there's a lot more NASCAR people in the garage area than non NASCAR people. Okay, that makes sense to me. Okay. Who knows that there's cameras in the garage area? Every NASCAR person there, doesn't he? Don't they? I th- you know what? They these, know I think cameras? these. I think they would know if they're observant. Uh, all the track workers would know. Um, I mean, they, I don't it depends know if the track on who's would know. Well, yeah, they would know. Like janitorial staff or if they're walking around, they know there's cameras. Well, you can easily I, I tell don't know that, that if they're if they're not there every if they're not, if it's not an everyday. Um, if it's not an everyday occurrence, like team members know not to f- around, I don't, I think, well, because there's cameras there and the fine for messing around with somebody's car is a big, big deal. Well, here's the thing. I went to New Hampshire and I've been in the infield in the garage area once mm-hmm. I could tell. You yeah. just, if you just take a look at any part of the building, you can tell if there's a camera. Or not. This is true. But how is the observant? Are they of cameras? If you're not, if it, I mean, there's no one around to distract you, you ex- so it's not really that crowded. If you're I mean. <laughs> if you're in, in within a NASCAR organization, I think what I'm trying to say is is that you expect to be filmed. You have an expectation of it. Whereas if you're cleaning a bathroom or if you're a security officer, you don't really have that expect. Well, maybe security, but uh, you know some other uh, weekend event staff, event staff like temporary member. staff. Yeah, a temporary event staff person may not have this awareness. Hmm. So I'm just I have, and what motives that they are is up to whoever it would be whether or not it's going to be a genuine uh, sons of confederacy, uh, white, you know, white supremacy, white whatever. Just lump everybody. You in. know, one of the one of the uh, KKK members that's not in the FBI and an actual member, which is like nine out of ten are FBI agents. <laughs> uh, Shh, they're listening. Yeah, or they know. <laughs> or it would be somebody sympathetic to the cause that's already had this kind of planned out and could could in theory do that. I, I don't know, but it, it seems a little brazen. Who's who's gonna? How do you sneak a noose in there? That's that's really well. It, big you could piece just. Of, I mean, I, you I, could you could hide one under a. Sh- it doesn't have to be that big. You could hide one under a shirt and just tie have a length of your neck, have right? a length of rope and throw it up over something and run. Unless or you it's could a duct cheap tape noose it. and it's not one that yeah, you it's, expect. It's, that's like a six, seven, eight coils. You know, it like could a be big a prop. one. It, it could be a. It could be a Halloween decoration. It could be a, a you know a bowling knot, you know, or or some kind of slip knot that's kind of uh, you know, rude, you know, rudimentary, something cheap, I suppose. Yeah, it could I mean, be many different ways how they define the word noose. Yeah, I mean so. it is. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of fake stuff going around already, like people saying, "Oh, it was a fan belt that looked like one." It's like you people are idiots. Like, and they're saying, "Oh, Bubba Wallace saw it and he didn't know what it was." It's like this is the dumbest thing ever. You don't think we don't know that drivers can't go in the damn garage? Like, stop, stop spreading fake stuff and let the I investigation know. go through. It's, Make your judgment after they come out with it. I mean, it, the way I see it is that is there a high probability that it could be. Uh, like a fake hate crime or something? Yes, of I do. course. It, there's always a there probability always that is. exists. Look at the Jesse Smollett case, and there have been many, many, many numerous ones where a lot of the vic- that was, victims actually faked their own 
that was probably uh, the most high. In there. That was probably the most high profile one. That but to the say most that high profile one. But, but to say that they don't happen is not true. Right. It's but exactly. Again, so, regular hate crimes happen just oh yeah. as well. I Absolutely. mean, it's it it is and possible, always possible. Yeah, I don't want any of that. So we're just we just want the truth, and that's it. Yep. Wow, this is getting ugly at the end, huh? Oh, they wrecked everybody at the finish. Like I think the Blaney got it. got it. Oh, I gotta go to the tape. Oh man. I, th- I you know, well, we kept yeah, our composure over. pretty well for the end of that race. I hope everybody watched it because that got pretty ugly at the end. I don't know who won. Damn. They're saying Blaney won. I think he fenced the twenty car to do it. <laughs> Ouch. I think they're saying Blaney won that. Oh, oh man. Interesting. Oh, they got him. Damned. Okay. I'll be damned. Gotta have yeah. Hey, that was if anybody watched that, go back and see it. You can watch how to defend a win. Just wreck everyone. <laughs> well, it's funny it's because like, he was leading well, here, off it's, turn four. It's no holds barred at this point. You gotta do anything you can with that much, you know, I mean sponsor and prestige and stuff on the line. Shoved everybody. Er- wow, John Hunter almost turned him around there. Nope. And then he kind of did. <laughs> he well, just got shoved into him. The 20 car, hey, yeah, the 12 just kind of turned a finished. little right. And, yeah, the 48 did finish, and we're talking by a bumper. Yeah, that's a bumper. We're talk- anyway, so yeah, we don't really know what's going on. There's been no there's been no breaks in the case yet. It's only been one afternoon, really. It's been one day. I mean, Evil ain't cool, and evil ain't fun. No, it, I mean, you got to wait for these things to pan out. You can't just go posting shit on Facebook. I mean, it's just... It's ridiculous. So, yep. Whatever. Let's. Why don't you just wait? And I love all the people saying, "Oh well, it's you know, I'm never going to watch NASCAR again." But they're making sure they comment on it. I mean, no matter <laughs> what, like, even okay. if it's if it's whether it's you know, an, well, I know, but you know, they say they always say never. They're the type of people that say, "Oh, it's never. It's not all. Not all Muslims are terrorists." You know, after every single terrorist attack. Oh, not all not all uh, black people do this, or, or or minority person do that. But we got to judge all 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 cops by one incident, and all NASCAR by this incident. I'm because pretty, it's not a fair and level playing field. I'm pretty sure you saw my comment on it. Um, yeah. I think Phil posted something on it, and I said, yeah. "To me, real or not, isn't the biggest issue with this. Uh, the yeah. biggest issue is psychological tells of the fans." I don't believe in the idea of silence is consent because I feel like it's a division tactic made by anyone on one issue who wants to create an us-versus-them mentality. But I've noticed that the set of fans who were outspokenly outraged at the announcement of the Confederate flag ban are noticeably silent on this news. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like people can be silent and still feel outrage. Yeah. But when you have selective outspoken outrage, then I question their motives. I mean, again, you could still be silently outraged. It doesn't really speak to your character, but again, I just kind of see the tells in some fans, and you know that's just you can tell some people value things more than the other, and you kind of wonder about their motives. So just admit you're a troll. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay, so we're like 20 minutes into the opening segment. I don't really know what the laps are going to be this week. I think I got a quick lap one will probably be a rant. Um, lap two, I wanted to do something local, but um. I don't really have anything local because nothing's raced. <laughs> but um, uh, so lap three, we're going to do a recap of. Yeah, it might be, it might just be lap two laps this week because we talked for like twenty minutes on this thing. So Look, hell, this could just be lap one. Lap lap two point five can be that mustache on Ryan Blaney. Good God, that looks like something Sean Foster would do. Uh, that thing is a pedo stash. Will you two shut up and quit bugging me? <laughs> you got to get rid of that thing. All right, so we'll have an opening segment, which is this one, and then we'll have lap one and lap two. How's that? Okay. So lap one will be my rant. Lap two will be... It's because I don't care. The NASCAR recap, which, which spoiler alert, Ryan Blaney won in Talladega tonight, which is good. I like, I like the kid. Anyway, why don't we move on into lap number one then? Okay, so for lap number one this week... You know, I'm doing a rant about local racing here, but I do want to tie in something that I kind of saw on myself the other day first. Is this going to be your rant? This is my rant for today. This will be the rant. Lap one is the rant. So anyway. um... (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry it happened, and I just hope you didn't lose a lot of respect for me. That's I'm probably... going to stop talking now. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, I know I always do a rant every week. Uh, it could be about current events, politics, society, even racing sometimes, which is this week's rant. And I know I'm always all over the board, but the other day I came to a quick realization as to, like, the depth and reach that a lot of things I speak out against have on even myself. Uh, I always get notifications on my phone from all sorts of sources, like restaurant apps sending offers, uh, text messages, Twitter follows, Instagram likes, weather notices. Anyone with a smartphone knows what it's like. But Saturday, I got a notification from Amazon Alexa saying, Wish Dad a happy Father's Day by saying, Alexa, call Dad. My first reaction was one of anger, like, how inappropriate for them to send me this. I thought about it for a little while and was like, you idiot. Why would your first reaction one of outrage? Do you really think that they that they actually know you lost your dad a couple years ago? Or was their intent to send a nice message out to their customers to not forget it, to tell their dad's happy Father's Day? I think they just wanted to rub your nose in it, but yeah, continue. That's why I was outraged. Yes. <laughs> so I was kind of embarrassed that my first reaction was outraged and that's not how I want to live my life. And certainly not the kind of mindset that I, that I want to have. It's the one I speak out against really. Uh, so kudos, Amazon. Thanks for the kind message and, uh, definitely the thought that counts. So belated happy father's day to all the dads out there. So anyway, switching gears. Now I want to turn this towards local racing. I think when it comes to outrage, I should direct it towards the people who actually deserve it in my eyes. Uh, as before, with my phone notifications, I pay attention to the uh, to all the emails that I receive. I subscribe to the SCCA New England region email chain, and lately I've seen a few messages come through for the few Thompson Speedway events. I've been seeing a bunch of track days being uh, scheduled, and specifically some that have already gone by, but also June 25th, Time Trials National Tour on July 3rd and 4th, Northeast Majors on July 11th and 12th. They have new sports car driving schools being offered by their other track business named Circuit One Events. Yes, Thompson Speedway owns that. Uh, all, all that is well and good, and I'm glad they're expanding and diversifying their business to attract new customers. And I'm glad they're getting dates scheduled for on-track activities. But what about the oval track? I want everyone to understand. Yeah. I want everybody listening to understand the history of the Speedway, if you don't know it already, in order to understand why oval racers are so mad about what's been going on. Because there's a lot of mad people out there. Here's the really abridged version of their history. Okay, the Honing family built the oval in the, after the 38 hurricane, hosting events after, I think, post-1940. Uh, eventually, they incorporated a road course, which ran for a while, eventually failed, and then they went back to the oval, which never really stopped running. That kept running for a while, and then they tried the road course again with the oval, this time making it bigger after partnering with the neighboring farm to try to increase the size of the track. After a dispute with the neighbor, a little while later, that track failed yet again, and the oval became the only track running yet again. It stayed this way for a few decades until they got the idea in their heads that third time they wanted to build the uh, road course back and have a specialty sports car business again. So they went full out. They built the full garage, flyover bridge, guardrails, the whole deal, to make it a dual-purpose facility. Ever since they took a third whack at the road course facility, the oval track has suffered. The common complaint and reasoning from the Speedway uh, ownership, I'll say, has always been that they didn't, if they didn't diversify the property to bring in more business, then the whole Speedway and property would go under. Honestly, it's a valid complaint, but nobody has really read too far into that statement. There's a reason no racetrack typically runs a serious program midweek, which is what Thompson did for decades, right? Thursday mm -hmm. Night Thunder and a stuff. A long time, yeah. No, well, maybe not decades, but a very long time. It's difficult for fans and racers to attend, which is a no-brainer. The biggest complaint I've heard from fans and racers was the fact they couldn't get time off or attend races midweek because they didn't get home you know, until late because they had to work that day, and then they have to work the next day, so it's difficult for them to stay there. Thompson did this for a long time before. And then, during the time of the latest iteration of the road course. Attendance has always suffered, and nobody in management or ownership ever had the guts to try moving forward with a date on the weekend. The only time they did 
which was, I think, last year. They didn't bother to advertise it or do any sort of promotion and wrote off their awful attendance as lack of interest. I swear Thompson is the only racetrack that promotes races solely through their social media channels, which is always a losing proposition. The way they ran the track, it was almost like they were looking for an excuse to close down the oval and focus their efforts on the road course, which is obvious to anybody like us who have been in attendance for a long time. This brings me back to the beginning. I get a bunch of emails from the SCCA about events at Thompson, but they haven't put out a single word about the oval track. Stafford has been very transparent about their efforts to get back going racing, keeping fans up to date with everything they've filed with the state government in order to hold events in compliance with COVID-19 regulations. Other regional tracks have also been very transparent in their efforts to keep racers and fans informed or even engaged in history, iRacing events, or other content during the shutdown. Hell, I see Stafford posting multiple times a day, every day. (sighs) So, but what about Thompson? There's been nothing. Nothing at all. They've obviously been coordinating road course events behind the scenes, but what about the track that's always been there to keep them going? Nothing. They've done their best to ignore the oval track and the racers who faithfully attended through all the years to keep their facility alive, regardless of the terrible job the ownership did to putting into promoting it. Racers have every right to be upset. They've gone through so many different types of schedules, rule changes, officials, facility changes. They've been put through the ringer by this place time and time again, only for it to turn its back on them by ignoring what kept them alive. The last social media post the track has made that was of any relative importance was on April 22nd. Anything other than that were lame attempts to promote an iRacing event they didn't even put on, which didn't last or overpriced food that they were offering from their food trucks. And their last general post was on May 26th. I can see why they like doing road course stuff, because from the emails I get, the SCCA makes all their announcements for them, so they don't have to do the work, which they aren't doing anyway. You have to be <laughs> blind to not see what their intentions have been over the last few years. Well, the SC- and, the, and the road course thing also is it has been suffering a little bit. Well, uh, cars don't want to go on the apron and uh, scratch up the under the front fascia boards on their Corvettes and stuff. You know, I left that out of my rant, but can I be fair and say that the road course is okay, but it's not great. Like, it's not that fun. I mean, the long front stretch is fun to go fast on, and then you kill your brakes going into turn one. And then you go down the the hill, and then you you know go into the bridge, which I mean that's all pretty good. You go onto the tr- racetrack, you basically jump a transition and slide sideways, and then you have to drive into turn one, and they don't let you on the bank, so you have to drive off the banking, and you bottom out your car driving onto the flat part because there's no transition. Then you're going around a flat corner coming around, and then you have to transition just as hard back onto the oval track. It's like these aren't good. It's not a, it's not the greatest track in the world and there's a reason why everybody's been going up to Palmer because they don't want to beat their cars up or fall off their motorcycle when they come off the backstretch and take the left-hander down the hill and get light and crash. Anyway, so all you had to do was look for the lack of promotion in their events and see the days they held races. You could ask people within five miles of the track, and Phil did this. He put out feelers and surveys to the people just around the racetrack. Literally, he questioned people on, like, regional Facebook pages. Yeah, yeah. Like, he went and did surveys. Local businesses in a very small town. Yeah, he, like, Phil took this upon himself. And I hate to lump you into this, Phil, but you did it, so I'm going to credit you on it. Yeah, you're going to get the credit whether you like it or not. Yep. He asked them, why don't they go to the races? Like, they're within five miles of the track, and every one of them told them, I didn't even know they had races still. And then the ownership has the balls to try to blame the racers for the state of the oval track. They can't even pick up a cell phone and post a picture of their goddamn Facebook page, and they want, they can't, you think they're going to put an ad in a local newspaper or on the radio? That's not going to happen. That costs money. That money can go in their pocket. The fact that the other racetracks have been putting themselves out there and showing the efforts they've been making to get racing back going again versus the effort Thompson has made in general has to, to inform anyone of any sort of invent or event, I'm sorry, has been very telling. I can't understand having the opportunity they have 
to be sitting in a facility that's dual purpose, to be able to get two large draws to the property and simply ignore one of them and not even put any effort towards making it profitable again. You have a two income facility and you delete one of the incomes that you could just that you could make profitable if you just did the work. You don't even use the first and, and the big one. You don't even put the effort to that. I don't get it. Because you have the various sanction bodies do it. And I'm, that come I, in. I know that there was some management that came through the track that actually did a fairly decent job, but I know that they were even handcuffed, and well, they didn't stick around. Let's be honest. Y- yeah. And, and you know what? That's, that's one of those things, you know? That gets me angry. Okay. Mm. It really does. And and I'll tell you why, and I don't mean to interrupt your rant. You but, are not interrupting at all. But uh, it's the old cliche. First generation builds it. Second generation expands it. Third generation flies it into the side of a mountain and crashes it, burns it to the ground. Yeah, because they don't know they don't know the struggle. They're they brought up in you know a cash cow, and they're just like whatever. It's always going to be there. I'm going to do what I want. It's yeah. The things are not going to work themselves, and they just don't put the effort into it. I'm sorry. Like it's just a slap no. in the. It's a huge slap in the face. Yeah, if you're going to say that it's our fault. And yet you don't, and yet you don't put the effort in. That's got some. You got some balls saying that. I mean, look. In my eyes, they haven't put any effort towards the oval in the, in general in the better part of a decade. Like they put, yeah, they put all sorts of different facility upgrades into the place. So it's obvious it was making money. But do you see them holding? Like we've we've touched on this before. But do you see them holding any sort of family fun night events that used to pack the place and they didn't pay out anything? No. Yeah. Right. No. Oh, the racetrack needs to be repaved. Well, perfect. It's the perfect time to do it because you can tear the crap out of it and you're not going to hurt anything. Yeah. You could. That would be a cash cow. It always was. That's why Don had them. Uh, anyway. Um. So now, like I said, it's just a slap in the face to the to the core group of people who kept the place afloat or at least tried to when every other side venture they ever embarked upon in the past failed, and now that the COVID shutdown has put a real stick in the spokes of the racing machine around here it's just another excuse for them to show how little they care about the people who were always there for them the oval track was always there it doesn't matter if they only ran it part-time it doesn't matter if they ran full-time the racers were always there and yeah, their and silence it, it their it, silence is deafening and if they point. made and if they made the effort the racers that have always been there have always made made the money you yeah. know they've always made it back they always made plenty in the back gate, and the front gate was always gravy. Yeah, I mean... Apology accepted! I mean, they... It is absolutely no secret to those of us who have been around the facility for a long time that one to two big events took care of the racetrack for the whole year. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all they needed to do. It's no secret. We knew way too many people at the top. You know? Or at least with ties to the top. So for them to to completely throw... And it's, like I said, all you have to do is pick up the phone and spend a couple bucks promoting the place. You know? Mm -hmm. Make a few phone calls. Send a few messages out. Spend a few bucks in advertising. And you could make that back easily. And you could have two money makers. What's the best way to keep a business afloat or to expand it? Go and kiss your mother's behind. What's the best way for a business to make more money? Diversify. Absolutely. Create more income streams. They have two. There aren't many racetracks around here that can have two income streams. A lot of racetracks consider a second income stream to be a flea market. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, they have the opportunity to make a hell of a lot more money by just putting more effort in. And I know I'm not the one running the racetrack, but you know what? The writing's on the wall. We're not idiots. I'm not gonna. I'm not backing down. That's a hill I'll die on. I don't care. And now that I'm banned from Thompson Speedway, uh, you asshole. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on that, Jess? You know what? I've self-banned, so fuck them. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, I can only speak for myself. It sucks because it's really the only place I want to race. But how can I race there if they don't care about us? Yeah, if yeah. Why bother? I don't even like why am I even worried about it now? You know, you I have failed me for the last time, Admiral. So they failed. 
that's why I'm kind of taking my car and slowly transforming it to be something I could race up in New Hampshire and just go up. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yeah, I've altered my car to the point where I can now take it up north and go race up there. It's like, I'll drive past you then. Fine. You know, whatever. If you're gonna, if you're not going to be there for us, I don't need to be there for you. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. <laughs> I have a crate motor, so yes, I guess I am. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of which, uh, I know Stafford Motor Speedway would never admit this, but I'm going to put it out in the public. By the way, folks, the street stock division has the same engine combination as their SK lights. I know that that would really degrade the quality of their precious modifieds, but guess what? The street stocks have the same engine combination as the SK lights. They've had the same combination. It depends yes, on who but you have. no, it's no, 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 no. They don't have restrictor plates on them now, so it's the same thing. I'm just saying that the the, the Cray motors have had this SK combination. I just, as long as you knew the right person and put the and put the no. freaking money up there. Where's okay? his? Okay. God damn it. Where's his mic? I'm gonna mute. <laughs> oh, you want to fuck with me? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me. <laughs> Okay. Goddamn communist bastards. Quiet. Shut up! <laughs> I like my commie motor. It's cheap and it lasts a long time. And that's, it's sitting on a stand right now. So That's right. Maybe I'll just, you know. Stop whining. And Stop being such a pussy. That's right. <laughs> I think I'll just do that. What do you say? Uh, I say we should uh, move on to lap number two. Don't be ridiculous. What is that? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Man, I don't. I'm glad I'm not that old. Well, when I laid, it, was laid up with my foot, I used to watch Game Show Network religiously. Yeah, because it was the only thing worth the shit on in the morning. Hey, you know, work, I couldn't do nothing. So Game Show Network. Was the best. Hey, when the shows are older than you are, they're always new to you, right? That's right. <laughs> So anyway, for lab number two this week, we're going to go on some NASCAR news. And I can't believe we completely skipped over this part, but I'm going to start it off with um, we've, we forgot to mention, because of the latest news that came out of NASCAR, we forgot to mention the most important news that came out of NASCAR. Yeah, it's a, and it's about damn time. Mike Stefanik made it into the Hall of Fame. Don't fail me again. Yes, I am sorry. Yes, he did. He finally made it into the, the Hall of Fame. A little late, but he made it into the Hall of Fame, yes, thankfully. I mean, I I feel good. You know, it's it's about time. He's only been on the ballot, what, nine times now? And that's how many championships he won? I mean, I don't know how many times he was on the ballot, but was I right with nine? Yeah. Like nine years he spent languishing on the ballot. The poor guy dies, and then he finally gets in. It's like, was that what it took? Like, <laughs> All come it on, people. to get in the Hall of Fame was him to pass away in a tragic accent. Yeah, in a plane that wasn't even his. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, come on. But anyway, he, his record, you know, he's got the most wins in the modified tour. I think he's got 74 wins. Something like that, yeah. and Ridiculous amount, yeah. Just seven time. NASCAR modified tour champion and a, and he won two uh Bush North championships which turned into uh it's now ARCA East now I think it was K&N series and then it, it, yes. it was Bush East and then it was K&N East kids and then and it was series. Kids and Nephews series and then it was ARCA East so it changed names a few times but it's the same basic series but the thing that people don't remember or don't really understand I saw a lot of fans commenting on him getting into the Hall of Fame like oh what's he done it's like more than you, idiot. Listen, let me more let me than a lot of people. let me yeah, more than a lot of people. I think he was also a truck series rookie of the year one year. Um yeah. might have been year two thousand. Something like that. But um it, like his second race ever in a truck, I think he finished or no, his first race in a truck ever, he finished second at Homestead yeah. in nineteen ninety nine. Like the guy could wheel. He was just amazing. But he performed some feats that will never be broken will never again. And this was just 20 years ago. He won, or 22 years ago, whatever. But he won the NASCAR Modified Series Championship and the Bush North Championship 
in the same year, and he did it twice in consecutive years, in 98 and 99. And everybody's got to remember, it's not the same as it used to be. Like, there used to be 3040 modifieds and 3040 K&N or Bush North cars back then. Yeah. And the con- the the level of competition, it wasn't a bunch of idiot kids running around wiping their nose, you know. Mm-hmm. It was these were really seasoned and amazing race car drivers. Yeah, Ted Christopher was in the field. You yeah, know? think about that, you know. I mean the Dion's and and Oh yeah, these I are, mean, these are these badasses. Santer, Kelly Moore, uh, I mean yeah. You're t- Truex, yeah. both the yep, Truexes. The Truexes. Yep. I mean, these are a- amazing race car drivers he was up against. And then you look yeah, at the tour. No he was on the modified tour yeah. with Hirschman and Ruggiero and Teddy. And I mean, just you name names. Iwanisko. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Ruggiero and... Anybody. Uh, just crazy. Yeah, crazy names. Nuts. He won good. four NASCAR championships in two years. Very competitive person, but I want to tell you something right now. I played a win. And- <laughs> there was, you'll never, ever see that again. Probably You'll never not. see that again. That's a crazy schedule. There's only, yeah, only one ever real series that that kind of does that, and it's out in the Midwest, and it's the midget series and the, and the sprint car series and the silver crown cars. Yeah, I mean, I could see how you could do it on dirt. Because those guys those will race guys, every day. They those guys run five, you know, several different times a week. So, but he and he did stuff like that in yeah. New England. Yeah. Well, they don't run every day. No, you're running once every few weeks. Yeah. If that, or you know, once every week, maybe I don't remember what the schedule used to be, but I mean, the guy could win anywhere. He won at Bristol, and I think he won at New Hampshire. He won at Thompson. He won at Stafford. He won. At, he won everywhere. You know, I mean. Just the guy was amazing. People just don't don't understand mm-hmm. how great he really was, except for the people from the Northeast who are media personnel. Like I know Dillner gives him a lot of real, you know, positive. It's a real boost for short so. track racing because you gotta legitimize short track racing because there's a there's a lot of really talented guys that should be in the Hall of Fame with Mike with uh uh Mike Stefanik. Yeah, and and, and Richie Evans. Yeah, and Richie and, and um Jerry Cook and Absolutely. I mean there's there's, it's not easy to win any championship, even if it's a track championship. Damn right. It's even harder to win a touring series title. Mm-hmm. And when you win nine of them, that's saying something. That's almost, that's, to me, a touring series, like a national series level uh, or regional level, that's almost as good as winning a cup title in my eyes. It's difficult. It's you know so what? hard. Everyone knew that because we have very educated listeners. Yes, yes. So, again, congrats to the Stefanik family, to Julie and the family. I'm very, very happy for them. Anyway, Red Farmer went in and Dale Jr. went in. Um, Red Farmer is literally 92 years old. He's still racing dirt. (laughs) Yeah. Red Farmer is a beast. He's still racing. (laughs) I hope I'm 92 and still racing. I'd yeah. rather die doing that than in a hospital bed. I'll tell you. But, that. I mean, it took Mike Stefanik. How many times? How many times has he been snuffed from the Hall of Fame? Nine, at least. Okay, and how many times has Dale Jr. been uh, snuffed from the Hall of Fame? Never. And, and Dale Jr. Sorry, but he, I don't think he's had the career that Mike Stefanik has. There was a good point brought up by Scott that's, Tapley. That's just ridiculous. And he said it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Statistics. I'm being sarcastic. I know, I know, I know, but no. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, Dale Jr.'s made a, a big well, impact on the sport regardless why of his Dana statistics. Why could be in the Hall of Fame, too? Because they were they were licking her butthole pretty much every time because she was famous. So why, so based on those rules, why don't they throw her in there, too? Well, it's not just that. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Statistics. That's that's a little bit that's of a generalization, fucking... but I well, mean... Well, so is the previous one. Well, why don't you let me finish? Well, I'm sorry. So, but... well, here's the thing. Dale Dale Earnhardt Jr. won 26 races, two Daytona 500s, in probably what was the most competitive uh, era of NASCAR, 2000 to 2010. I mean, he does deserve it just on those kind of things, you know. I mean, he he did win some badass races. He won two Xfinity Series championships in 98 and 99. He won two Daytona 500s. His cars that he's owned have won five Xfinity championships. 
So all told, he's got seven Xfinity championships with him and his team, two Daytona 500 wins. And again, 26 wins is really not that bad. That's within a very high percentile. And again, I believe personally that 2000 to 2010 was probably the most competitive time in NASCAR history. Well, that's based on cars, argue. based on cars and drivers in the series, and how like oh hi Phil, that you're interrupting the podcast. But it's okay, you, Phil doesn't care about us anymore. But yeah, so <laughs> I, I understand in those those hall of statistics, you know they're 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 about Benny Parsons to Buddy Baker level. Yeah, really, that's it's good. Very comparable to Buddy Baker, especially. So he won a lot of the bigger races. He won Daytona 500 and a lot of big plate tracks and a lot of. Well, other, you know that those guys are going to you know? get in if they're not already in. Well, they better be. The in. problem with the NASCAR Hall of Fame is they did something incredibly stupid. They have a list of people a mile long to get in there that deserve to be in there. And what did they do? They cut the amount of people in every year down to three instead of five. Like, what are you doing? There's I mean, a huge list. Leave it at five. Let's wait, get well, people the hell in here. <laughs> why has it got to be so exclusive? Like, let's I mean, build it up here. You're not you're not exactly, you know, watering down the pool of Hall of Fame. And I saw a lot. Of, I mean, you also got to think about a lot of the contributions that Earnhardt made basically socially to the, to the racetrack to, with a lot of fans and being an ambassador to the sport. I mean, you won most improved or not most improved drive. What the hell is it? He won most popular driver 15 years in a row or something like that. It's just like, like I said, he was, he, I know it's the hall of fame. No, when his, no, I know this isn't part of that. It, no, okay. this isn't part of that. This is part of the overall reach that he had in the sport. He was, once his father died, he essentially got thrust into an ambassador role and had to shoulder that responsibility and try to carry the sport. I don't okay. know if he was really up for it, but he kind of grew into it. And now he's con- he's contributing to the sport with broadcasting and owning teams and, and like I said, appearances and, and anything that he can really do. I kind of get it. Anything that he can do yeah. for the sport, he does for the sport. Yeah. Like Winston Kelly said that they, he would tell stories about Junior, like they would have problems with the Hall of Fame, like with appearances and stuff. And he would say, okay, I'll help you out. And he would just bring his team and himself and go down and go talk to fans and have a meet and greet and just get people there just volunteering time you know so he's he's done a lot behind the scenes with fans and with people in the sport to try to further the sport so powerful well that's kind of what they based that um i'm on. sorry so repent now repent now I promise. <laughs> no, I'm don't good. Don't murder me, Junior. No, I mean that's that's basically what they did. And again, just crush me, Junior. Nation. Well, here's the thing: if you're saying that about Junior, why did Red Farmer get in? Red Farmer also had a very lengthy short track record as well. Yeah, he got in for a short track career. He you, would be in like you, you understand. Yeah, he he was he won. That's he's also like a Dick Trickle that really should be in the Hall of Fame as well. The problem with I mean, Trickle is that he NASCAR didn't run. Guy. The problem with Trickle is that he didn't run NASCAR short tracks. He ran all like ASA and Artgo ASA stuff. ASA and Artgo. I know, but I mean, <laughs> Artgo. I, I, mean. I suppose yeah, they don't have an ASA Hall of Fame, but it I is mean, kind of like a more like, you know, Hall of Fame. You know, I but saw somebody say something about Frank true. Kimmel. It's like, why isn't Frank Kimmel getting in? It's because he made he he won like ten or eleven championships in ARCA. ARCA wasn't part of NASCAR until this, this is, year. This is true. You know, he won all his stuff before ARCA was bought by NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to put him in. Yeah. I mean, eventually, maybe, yeah, but I don't know. Anyway. I mean, truth be told, if you want to compare uh, Dale Jr. to Danica, after she left the sport, we haven't heard from her in a NASCAR subject her at, at all. all. We, I mean, I know she's doing stuff, but... She's Dale selling Jr. wine and boinking quarterbacks. Yeah. Have exactly. sex with me. Zenhouse. Have Zenhouse. sex with me. Ended. We never heard from her again, whereas Dale Jr., he's retired, and we hear from him all the time. He's never left the public eye. Exactly. He's he hosts... Yeah, he's a you know TV commentary. He races once a year. He has his podcast to spread the word of racing. And like I said, he's always in the sport. He's always doing something with the sport. But yeah, with her, it's and, and many other drivers, they just disappear, Even gone. If you think it's premature? He'll live in. He'll grow into it. I know, so, but it, it's anyway, kind of it's was kind of... meant for him anyway. So. Well, you got to think. It's like Bobby Labonte made it in on one Cup title. Yeah, but he didn't have big exactly. win numbers either. No, 
Junior got two Xfinity titles against a lot of the guys he raced against in Cup. Uh, yeah, why? Yeah. So I mean, so, it's like he was up against Cup level competition. You're always going to so. get people that are going to get snubbed, and you're always going to have people that walk in through the gilded. But again, gates that, you know, a little bit easier than others. But yeah, there are a lot of reasons for it. And give me a break and shut up. I know. I'm sorry. Again, Junior Junior made it in on a lot of merit more than um, more than statistics. I think. Anyway. Teddy, no, um, not yet. Maybe we'll see in the future. I'm sure he'll be there eventually. Um, so anyway, uh, moving forward, I'm going to recap some races. If anybody watched the ARCA race at Talladega the other day, I hope you had a great nap uh, because that's all it was really good for. <laughs> it was, I don't it know was, was, oh, they had, you know, they had 20 cars, which sucks for ARCA. I wish that they would get more numbers up, but I think that if they, no, I saw the look in your eyes. I'm not going to bring that up. Uh, they what? <laughs> well, they run a spec engine program, right? Oh, it's basically God. the same. No, it's the same no. engine for like trucks and oh. the modified tour and Arca. I think they all run this. It's all. It's like GM LS based engines. I think is the geometry of it. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it is. If they went to a CT525 crate, they're all running the same thing anyway. It would save them probably $12,000. And yet, the numbers are down. You made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. <laughs> well, no, I never believed in the spec engine program to keep costs down as much. They do a little bit, but I think going to my crate engine idea, you're going to have the same amount of horsepower, but it's going to cost like a third of the price and probably last twice as long. Anyway, um, you'd probably get more cars. But again, it's 525 horsepower. Cup cars are 550. You know, so what's the difference? Let's run them. Power. Um, anyway, they gotta they gotta uncork those cars at super speedways or something because it was just a snoozer. I mean, Michael something, Michael Self, I think he almost got turned around and made a miraculous save on the last lap or something or two to go, uh, and a guy strung out to like a. 12 15 car length lead and two cars in second and thirds like bump drafted each other all the way around the racetrack and couldn't run one guy down and then when they did they didn't have the experience to get around him and i'm like wow this was the most anticlimactic race i ever watched <laughs> i'm like man arca used to be awesome i used to tune in exclusively to the arca race on super I don't know, speedways you now figure it out why sucks. it got more exclusive and i don't know if it's maybe it's lack of access to the to the spec engine program like i said make it cheaper you know, make it cheaper. You'll get more cars. The power level is not going to change. Just run it. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> and, and we could go on for another hour on why a lot of it making it cheaper. Yeah, it'll maybe make more stuff, but you're, I don't know. Maybe it'll make more participation, but you just got a lot of smart guys now. Yeah. You got, that's... A, real, you got a lot of smart cookies out there now, and they kind of have to overregulate stuff. Well, that's you the know, thing. There's it's just teams... so many different, up. you know, there's so many different. It's a lot more touring series now. There's a lot of there's a lot more race cars actually out on the track. Problem is, is that there's so many different touring series and different things that pull into people's participation that it's tough for somebody to just pick one over the other. Like, why should somebody instead of doing the, like the super late models down south or something, why should they get in an Arca East car or why don't they just make the leap from? You know the super late miles to the freaking truck series or, or or the Xfinity series. Why bother even going? To that kind of goes along with my theory yeah. that there's too many divisions. There's too many divisions. Yeah. There's so many. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the, like in the mod, like in the modifieds up in the Northeast. There's way more modifieds out there on the race, racetrack now than there ever was. Yeah. In my opinion, there's way more, but there's so many different modified series that it all gets watered down. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, again, that goes so, with my series thoughts. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of reasons why the Arca East sucks, but, you know. Yeah, know. make it more accessible. You get more cars. More opportunity to go run them instead of something else. It'll bring a lot more attention to a higher division. Okay. Anyway, um, so Justin Haley won the Xfinity race at Talladega. I think, again, the Xfinity series puts on the best show. I think they have the best they have package a great going right package. Now. That yeah. was a really awesome race. I love that race. That, was, that race was really damn good. It was, you know, and this last one was pretty good, except for the cars crashing. Yeah, that wasn't good, but, I mean, you're going to have it. It's a super speedway, I guess, right? Ross Chastain won the 100 grand from Xfinity, I think, put that on, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Colleague is just a ridiculous team right now. If they put A.J. Allmendinger full-time in that team, they'd be unstoppable. 
Yeah, I love it. I mean, everything everything that they're saying about new blood this and new blood that coming into it generate more excitement. I agree with them 110. percent As yeah, cliche just, as that like, sounds, Matt Colley put yeah. together a killer team. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's just fly through this thing. Uh, Justin Bonsignor won the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour opener that finally took place at Jennerstown on Sunday. Uh, I watched the end of that race. Uh, he had him covered. So the race, the race for second on back was pretty good, but Justin had the field covered. Jennerstown's a really nice little racetrack. I like that place. Yeah. Uh, I know the Bush Series used to race back there in mm-hmm. the 90s at least. Um, Jennerstown's one of them weird enigma tracks. You forget it exists, and then the, somebody goes and races there, and it's mm-hmm. like, wow, this is a nice place. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, it's a nice little half mile. Yeah. Um, so we got racing coming up this week at Stafford on Friday night. Uh, I believe they sold tickets online to try to make sure that they met the quota for the state, and they sold out. Uh, I think they said, yeah, very quickly. I think they said yep. they were going to have ticket sales for paddock tickets online, and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to get problematic real quick because racers are going to get turned away. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about that. I don't think they should have a quota on the back gate. To be fair. Uh, because if you've got a lot of race cars that want to run, they should be allowed to race. And if you're turning people away, that's not going to be good. That's not good no. business. It's tough, but that's a state regulation. So I don't you know. could fudge that though. They'd if have they to, don't have the room. Maybe they could use the parking lot. They could social. Maybe Stafford should lot. also hold races at Thompson. Just by the truck. <laughs> yeah, why not? I've heard. Hey, they used to run Waterford for a little bit, yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what's hey? Have you heard anything about if uh, Thompson's racing now that now the Stafford's going to race? Have you heard anything about the oval track? It's like going up to a full-grown grizzly bear and punching it in the nose. That's what I feel like, just poking the bear right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I covered that one pretty pretty early yeah. on in this episode. Yeah. Okay, so again, um, I'd heard some rumors about being able to stream the Stafford race online, but there was just kind of were only rumors at this point, so I was kind of hoping that they would have a stream, but I haven't heard anything yet. I so too, you know, maybe I mean, they'll figure it out. What they come up with uh, hosting and platforms, various platforms to handle all the traffic. They have to find expected traffic and try to figure out how much to uh, and how much of it to to get. So it's just a logistics thing. That's yeah, my, I don't know. That's but my thing. I, so. I'd love to go to a race, but man, I don't know right now. Like, I don't know if I'd really. And you know what I noticed? I noticed that the gate ticket was about twenty bucks to get in for the front gate, and I'm like, well, that's a lot more expensive than it was last year. It was like fourteen bucks last year. <laughs> so I'm wondering if they're just bumping the ticket price up to try to recoup losses. I don't know. They Whatever. Probably have to. Yeah, they probably have to. But I mean, it's only a couple bucks, I guess. Hey, right? Maybe they. Well. I mean, think about it. Run at reduced capacity. They gotta be able to pay that first somehow. Yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll see. That's not my business. I'm just—it's just an observation. No big deal. All right. Any final thoughts? I've had it with control freaks and scum. <laughs> Again, no news on Thompson or Waterford. Seaconk, uh, I haven't heard anything, but I know they're working on it. Anyway, any final thoughts? Again, just admit you're a troll. Okay, so why don't we wrap this thing up? So that's our show for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. You can find this show on <laughs> literally every major podcast platform. I think we're on like nine of them. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Radio Public, something else, Podbean. I don't know what the hell it is. I can get your attention. If you need some help with links to those platforms you can head on over to gleasonbrosracing.com we have about five links to the major podcast platforms that i care about uh you can find the show on instagram at making laps podcast facebook.com slash making laps podcast you can find me on instagram and twitter at brent gleason zero one uh don't friend me on facebook because if i don't know you i'm not friending you any final thoughts i'll cut your freaking head off you understand This Alex Jones board is scary. (laughs) It's not funny. Yes, it is. It's all fake!
Anyway, um, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. Murdering scum! Okay, this is falling off the train pretty quick. Thank you My for listening. My heart's big! Thank you for listening. Keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. I'm going to go before Alex Jones eats me. Stop pushing your shit!